Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cowboys and cowgirls, it has been a rough weekend with the loss to Iowa State. But as always, we are back. Ingles and Ian, presented by CowboysRideForFree.com. And forever, the man, the myth, the legend, Ian. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing better than I was Saturday. Honestly, um, the way I processed the losses was, hey, I listened to it on the radio. So I did not see the um, the bad spot on the fourth and two. Oh, that press the call was, uh, we'll get into that, but that was, oh. That was, that was pretty bad. As bad I calls like, go, that was bad call. I saw that like three hours later. I was like, oh shoot, that was a really bad spot. Um, yeah. And, but then like right after my brother won uh, band state uh, oh. for, for Piedmont, he, he was a freshman. So it was one of those things. And also I was kind of relieved that we lost. I don't know if that's a good thing to say, but I was like, okay, the pressure's kind of off now. The, my expectations are kind of lowered and I've kind of made peace with that. Not that they weren't like, like Oklahoma state was bound to lose. And at the beginning of the season, if you said, Hey, you're going to go into homecoming with a six and one record and a loss to Iowa state. I think most fans would have been like, okay, that's pretty good. Cause you're still ranked number 15. I mean, odds are oh. Oklahoma state won't make the playoffs but you still feel pretty good about the season because I mean, if my math is correct, if we went out, we will be in the big 12, big 12 title game. That, that is correct. I believe. Yeah. So, I mean, yes, I mean, and I, I got a lot of crap on Twitter. I was banging that drum hard on Thursday. And for the most part, I was pretty right. I'm not going to say, like, yeah, Iowa State got the win, et cetera, et cetera. Brees Hall did not do a whole lot. I mean, if you read off the stats, you think Oklahoma State won. But wide right, wide right, and a really bad fourth down call cost us that game. I, I like, because there's this often thing, especially on, like, part of the interruption, which is I'm a huge fan of. Um, is did someone win or did the other team lose? I felt Oklahoma State lost that ball game. I don't feel like Iowa State. You you play that game a hundred times. This Oklahoma State team beats Iowa State eighty five times out of a hundred. I I have to disagree. I think they split down the middle. I'm looking no. at the stats now. The thing that sticks out like a sore thumb: Oklahoma State's third down efficiency. Two for 10. Right. That's but, bad. It, uh, yes, I agree. However, the defense didn't live up to what they've been doing. And I actually saw it. I remember watching it. Uh, it seemed in the second half, they came out tired. 
And maybe it's because we've been putting too much on them. The offense has been, been, you know, just saying you need to win the ball game for us too many times in a row, but they just seem tired. But you get you you give that defense every chance, they're gonna win. And the thing is, is at the beginning of the ball game, we got you know, especially in the first quarter and a half or so, we were dominating on the defensive side. And I I was I I luckily stayed off Twitter, but I was ready to start saying I am right because that that, that defense was dominating. And I, I still think play that game a hundred times. We win 80, 80% of it. Man, I don't know. I mean, look, Brock Purdy, I think, uh, I think you and I, I think we both underestimated Brock Purdy. You mentioned he was accurate. I mean, 27 of 23, but also Xavier Hutchinson had the game of his life. 12 catches, 125 yards and two touchdowns. Probably would have had a third if not for that taunting penalty that I saw. That was bad. That was a really bad, and I will say that. I mean, as much you know, mess as I've talked about, I would say that was a stupid call. Yeah, and I, Sanders played better. He didn't turn the ball over, but I don't think either either team turned the ball over. But also right. in that game, that's where you miss Trey Sterling the most. You miss his ball hawk safety style of play that you could have used against Xavier Hutchinson today. Exactly. Because Iowa State just has some big receivers. And the tight end, uh, Charlie Kohler, he uh, he ate pretty early in that game. Um, he had a 34-yard long reception and six carries for – or six catches for 69 yards. It was him and Hutchinson getting most of the carries today or the catches today. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I really thought we would get to the quarterback more. And in the first quarter and a half, we did. And that's when, you know, they struggled. And then all of a sudden, we weren't getting there. And it just changed the game for us. And I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Twitter about how this was the best game of Spencer's life and et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah, a lot of the early play calling – was really good, I thought. A lot of, uh, you know, option, um, getting Span- Spencer, you know, going on with his feet, everything else. But the first, I, I, I even remember, like, sending this to our Slack channel. The first pass that uh, Spencer threw, it was to the left side about uh, a towards the hashes and it was badly thrown in that when i saw that first pass i was like oh no oh yeah spencer statistically had a good game 15 for 24 for about 240 uh three tds but even some of those tds weren't great that first one of presley was awful like the only reason that came down was presley has great hands Granted, the last the last one was an absolute dime but he was all over the park and you know i just i knew when i saw that first pass i'm like oh and especially because i've been getting all sorts of hell on twitter 
Like I was like, uh oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I want to read the hate comments. I haven't. Do you not? I guess you just don't reply to them because I was trying to find some and I couldn't on your uh, on your Twitter. I got some some dude. I don't I don't remember his handle, but it's like TM. Like it's like three consonants, like nine numbers behind his name. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, oh yeah, you missed this, 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 this. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to respond to you. <laughs> like, I don't respond to the hate. <laughs> I'll, I'll respond to the like wide right night light guys. Cause you know, I, I've been following them for a long time, but uh, I just, I don't, I don't respond. <laughs> it was I, fun. It was fun as I'll get out though. I love like, like having people trip at me and, yeah, I mean, like, I don't have any problem with Iowa State. That's one of those things where you knew going in that they're a good team, and guess what? They're still good. They kind of did a – they had an undertaker moment. They wrote they, – they were dead. Ah, wrote – they rose up. And now they're it's – the, it's Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, all have one conference loss. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole month of games left to be played. Well – and the thing is, I mean, granted, the hope train has been a bit derailed. Oh, the hope train's dead for me. I'm sorry. No, dead. But I think there is a good, if not better, chance that we roll into Bedlam with only one loss. Because we got Kansas. We got Kansas. We got Tech. We got West Virginia. Of those three. I mean, granted, and we'll get into Kansas later because I want to talk about that game too. I got TCU as well. Okay, yeah. So, but all all out of those, West Virginia on the road is the one that scares me the most because I don't know what to make West Virginia. They beat good teams. They lose the bad teams. I have no idea what's going on there. Well, those West Virginia, TCU, and Texas Tech are all in super weird spots. And they're they're kind of enigmas. Texas Tech, they're five and three. They just fired Matt Wells. Yeah. So well, I'm kind of thinking is they're they're gonna start playing for the interim head coach. But they but tech, they have they have to face the four juggernauts right now in the uh in the Big 12. Oklahoma this week, Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State in that or in some sort of order like that. Yeah. So they could end up five and seven easily. TCU is weird, they're three and four. I don't know what's up with them. And then the same thing with West Virginia. They just won. They beat that said TCU team. And then who do they have this week? They have Iowa State. And Iowa State's at home. So for them. I'm going to bring Iowa State. I'm going to bring this up. I kind of backed out of this take earlier in the season, but 15 for 24. For 250-ish yards, even though he did well with his with his legs, that is not a good Oklahoma State quarterback. And the question is, can you do worse by benching him? I don't I don't want to do this take to be honest with you. Because Sanders had 11 carries, 29 yards. He adds that mobility factor, and guess what? He didn't turn over the ball today, which that, is what we wanted to see. Right? No, I, I agree with that completely. Um, 
if you get this Spencer Sanders for the next five games, I think Oklahoma State fans will be okay with that. Because you're not you're not getting Brandon Whedon, you're not getting Mason Rudolph, you're getting Spencer Sanders. And if Spencer Sanders Spencer Sanders performs like this, I think the fans will be okay with that. Because he's playing above average. So we have talked about his stats, and I'm gonna read you a blind stat line, and I'm gonna ask okay. you if you're gonna take it over Spencer or not. Okay. Uh 208 completions, 485 attempts, 60% completion, 3,978 yards, 8.2 yards attempt, uh, 32 TDs in 13 interceptions with a quarterback rating of 144.4. Are you going to take that over, Spencer? Is that in what, 13 games? Yes, in 13 games. Well, what is the well? What is Sanders doing right now? Because you gave me a you gave me a good stat line, but what is that in the context of Sanders? Uh, Spencer has had less than four thousand over uh, two seasons, or right around four thousand over two thousand two seasons. But I'll pull it up here. So, currently, let me see if I can find it. Over three seasons. I don't know, uh, 2019, 2020, and 2021, Spencer Sanders is 400 for 646 for a 61.9 and 5,256 yards. Well, the other stat line I read off was uh, 3,978 in a single season. And what were the yard? Was it like 4,000 yards on that first one? It was basically 4,000 yards for a single season. For the for the first one, for the first quarterback. Yeah. That you haven't named yet. Okay. And then what's the difference on touchdowns? Uh, 39 and uh, 32. So in three years, Spencer Sanders has thrown 32, 39 touchdowns. And quarterback to be named later has through 32 in one season. And then interceptions, it's 13 for that guy. And then this season, Sanders is four, right? Five. Five? Yeah. For I mean, it is in his career, he's had 11, eight, and five in his three years for a twenty a total of 24. Wait, so he had the, he had the one against Tulsa. Oh, right. He had one against Texas. That was right. Um I, I mean, I, I guess because you have to go with more yards and currently more touchdowns. Who's the uh, who, who's the man behind the mirror or whatever? The man behind the curtain. Taylor Cornelius, the oil baron, the corn dog. Uh, who? And when we think about Oklahoma State quarterbacks, we love him because he's sort of that lovable guy. But we don't think of him as a good Oklahoma State quarterback. But his numbers are better than Sanders. Any of them go season by season. Well, oh, yeah, I guess you did. What was his? Uh, did he only have one season? Uh, he only had one season as a starter, he had you know, fill in games, but uh, his numbers are pretty much the same 8.2 yards average. Uh, he filled in in 2017, his quarterback rating was 184.3, his final season, one. 
44.7. And, and his final season, he put up 500 yards on the ground. Like the season he was the starter, he put up 500 yards on the ground. I, what, what, is, what does Sanders have right now? Uh, let me look. He has uh, 254 right now. Okay, so he'll – I think last season he had you – know, Last 600. season he had 269. Uh, 2019 was his biggest. I mean, obviously 2020, COVID, everything else. But he had we two – Three games. Uh, he had 628. So yeah. someone yeah. who we don't think as overly athletic in terms of rushing had – 400 yards on the ground. It's how much of here's the thing. Cornelius had one season as shine. So he, I mean, there's a reason he's a, he was a backup for all those years. And I, you can compare Illingsworth to Cornelius if you want. Well, I'm not, I'm yeah. not trying to do that. I'm, but what I'm saying is, is that he, anyone who's listened to the podcast has known I have been especially early high on Sanders. I don't know if ill will be better, but at this point we know what we're getting with Spencer. And I really thought he was going to make a turn this year. I really thought he was going to live up to that number three number and start really lighting things up. And he hasn't. And the thing is, if you're only going to score 24 points, is it time to start looking at other options? Maybe, maybe, I mean, if, if Shane isn't the guy, maybe it's Gundy's kid. I don't know, but it is, he is not, he has all the talent in the world and doesn't know how to use it. And it's breaking my heart because I want him to exceed. I want him to do great. And it's just, breathtaking how much he's squandering his ability well is that his fault or is that the coaching staff's fault that is put him on a pretty tight leash i i don't know well um, and that, that is that is another thing and that's something else i want to hit on is is the play calling not good um casey dunn I don't know why they made him assistant head coach uh but with gundy's new deal uh, he pretty much has carte blanche to do whatever he wants, right? And the forever five-year contract for Gundy, which I don't think we talked about yet. We haven't. We no, because it was announced on Monday. But he is obviously a tremendous, amazing wide receiver coach. Dunn is. Mm-hmm. Um, but we hated Yersick. At least I did. But he still managed to average like 40 points a game. Granted, he had Mason Rudolph and, you know, a, he had a lot of a lot of weapons that Dunn doesn't have. But I, I don't know if he's got the chops to be a signal caller for a high-level team. Why did Warren only get 18 touches? He's, he, is, he is the Oklahoma State offense, right? For up until going into Iowa State, he is the Oklahoma State offense. And then all of a sudden, we decide, and I even thought about it when I was watching the first half, going, it feels like we're trying to get cute. It feels like we're trying to 
outsmart ourselves that we're not just going to feed Warren the Rock. And I have no idea why we we didn't do that. And, and especially in the fourth quarter where we're he's always gotten better. Like Warren, if you watch his stuff, he's gets better quarter by quarter. And we just weren't there. And for whatever reason, we didn't feed him the rock. And that just seems like Don was like, I am smart enough to do this. And I don't know. It just. Here, here's, here's the thing. Jalen Warren's long his rushing long was 13 yards. When you face an Iowa State D line, that's, you know, corn fed, cornbread, whatever. They're big. They're physical. And when you're also playing from behind most of the third quarter, you have to kind of try to go to go toward the air. So that way you're getting more yards and you're chewing up less clock. Because again, majority of the fourth quarter, they were they were trailing. I mean, that's true, but you gotta feed I mean, through three quarters, they could give him the ball more, right? And he's been the guy. He has been the guy. And it just from the play calling and everything else, it felt like they were taking the ball out of his hands for unnecessary reasons. And he's too good to not feed. And that's that was my problem with a lot of it. And part of me is just sitting here Monday evening at 7.33 Eastern going, why didn't we give him the ball 10 more times? Like, like, like a lot, like you said in terms like uh, about Texas, if they had just given Bijan the ball a few more times, Texas might've probably would have won. That's how I feel about Warren. If we had given him the ball 10 more times, give him around 30 touches, I think he breaks two or three for big gains, and it's different. Okay, so I'm I'm looking back at OSU's drives. Third and six. Do you decide to run or pass? Personally, um, you're, you're the offensive coordinator. What do you do? Honestly, I go RPO. And and I really think about giving it. Like if I if I'm Spencer, I really think about giving it because if you look back at Texas, there were a lot of big chunk plays third and eight, third and nine that Warren converted. I mean, I, I'm just saying that's what it was. The pass that was incomplete to Presley. This is their first drive. It was a third and six of the 48. They decided to punt that right. Next was a, uh, or what stopped it third and two at the 40 uh, or third and two at the Iowa state 33. The play was a Spencer Sanders run for no gain. So they decided to run it there. They just didn't feed it to Warren. That's when they missed the field goal, the first one. And you, you give that to Warren for sure. Yes, absolutely. And and I want to like touch on that for a second. I don't, I think the second field goal is a big wolf and maybe you go for it. But the first one, I think you, it's, it's a 50 yarder. The kids kicked less than 10 field goals at Oklahoma State. It's short. If you punt it, it's a you're basically breaking even, but it was a 50 yarder. I think you jam it on fourth down. That is one of the few plays that I actually really have an issue with. I I, I think they should have gone for that particular fourth down. 
this the second one it, it killed me because i watched them lining up and i'm like and all my 2011 ptsd kicked in i was like this is going wide right and i i knew it before i knew it before he set up that it was going wide right and i think but in that circumstance when it was like 38 yards yeah he you know he was burying stuff but that particular play is when i knew i knew i knew we were gonna lose and it, yeah, it just killed me to watch it happen because it's like, he's going to go wide right. I knew it. I was sitting at one of my favorite places talking to some really some people I really like a whole lot. I'm like, he's going to miss. I just straight up said it. He's going to miss it. Like even before, like even before he got on the field, I was like, they're going for the field goal. I'm like, nope, he's going to miss wide right right here. And man, that was tough. The 32-yard field goal. So on yeah. on that drive, they gave it to Jalen Warren for four yards on the third and five. And I'm looking at the rest of the those third downs, at least the ones that like it was a third and fourteen. You have to pass there, and then a third and eighteen, or those last like two that were punts or a missed field goal. But they were passing too much to begin with. I mean, Spencer was off. Like I, like I said, the first he was off, but yet that's that's his best game of the year. Oh, and that is why I bring up the Illingworth question. If that's his... eaten alive against Iowa State, I'm just going to say that right now. He did not look good against Oklahoma. He did okay against Missouri State. I just don't think right now, right now, Sanders is your best quarterback. You just have to, that's, this is the hand you were dealt. I mean, you're going to play the hand. You're going to play the Spencer Sanders card. So that means because. Oklahoma State has been a dominant offensive force for 15 years, roughly, give or take. So that means there is an issue up front. That it, I mean, it, I mean, Spencer is accurate enough to do a lot of those short crossing routes that that get you know somebody like Presley open and he he turns it upfield and gets 30 yards, like the stuff I am used to seeing from Oklahoma State. He is he's good enough to do that. And there is a reason for whatever reason it is. I don't know if it's Gundy. I don't know if it's done. The offensive line is decent. So it with what you're saying, and I'll accept that argument as true. With that being true, that means there's a problem up front. It's either Gundy or it's done. Oh, yeah. I mean. There was some like Josh Sills got called for holding like a few times or something. And there's like he's supposed to be the leader of that O line. And I'm not like everyone makes mistakes. I get that. But like you're supposed to be the leader. You're not supposed to, you're supposed to be the leader of the O line. And yet you're, you're holding and all that. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Maybe you got some recruits coming in. Maybe use ET in there. I, I, I don't know. But Oh, I don't think OSU has ever really had a strong O-line. They've usually had like one or two guys that have been, you know, NFL bound, like Russell uh, Russell Omog and then uh, Tevin okay. Jenkins. But they've never really had like decent alignment. Oh, that that is not true. Uh, the 2011 team, but a lot of those guys were really good. They weren't NFL bound, but they were really good. Uh I mean, I mean, in general, the old line for Oklahoma State is good. 
So it is, especially early in the season when he couldn't do anything with the run, like that was one reason I was like, this is weird. I think a lot of that was just part of me kind of thinks that, you know, because they were scoring so many points, it didn't matter what the O-line did. I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's. No, that team was that, I mean, yeah. I mean, especially with some of the things, yeah, you, you could cover up a lot of sins, but we have had very good offensive line. And I don't, and I, I, I don't think our offensive line is bad right now. They're okay. They could be better. They're okay. I mean, they basically had a 200-yard rusher three games in a row. How bad can you be if you're doing that? Well, how much How much of that is Warren? That's true, too. I mean, but, like, again, you got to feed the guy the rock. You just got to feed the guy the rock. And they, we didn't do it. I don't know why we didn't do it. I went to church with my parents on Sunday, and my dad, former professor at Oklahoma State, was like, First thing he said to me was, why were, why didn't we feed Warren the Rock? And it's like, I don't know, Dad. It's a good question, and I'm sure Gundy answered in his press conference. I, I If he's hurt, that's one thing, but I haven't heard anything about that, so I don't know. I'm, I'm also glad. I'm glad they uh, brought Presley in. I mean, they're utilizing him. He was leading yeah. in receptions. And, uh, yeah, you Saturday. know what? I'm going to bring up Thursday because I re- uh, I'm sure there's some Iowa State fans who are waiting for me to eat crow and all that, all that jazz. You know what? Iowa State is not impressive. I watched the game. You know, the QB, very accurate, good tight end. Hall did not do a whole lot, which is how, yeah, they managed to win. He got they, the go-ahead touchdown. Yeah, but – He's had a touchdown for 19 straight games. Still, I watched that game, and if our defense played up to what they've been playing to all season, Oklahoma State wins that football game. Second, wide right twice. Third, that should have been a first down with Presley at the end of the game. But even if if that first down is there. It's not a guarantee that they score. It's not a guarantee. That's true. But still, it is another point. But still, wide right twice. And you know what? Iowa State fans, if you're listening to this, if we went out, you're shut out of the Big 12 playoff, of the Big 12 championship game. Or, well, actually, I mean, it'll be true. It might be a rematch, but they still got to play OU. And if we went out, we're going to the Big 12 championship game. So, yeah, the, I talked a lot. They went whole, out there going to the championship too, barring like. Yeah, no. If well, here's, I, here's the Iowa State does not, I don't think they control their own destiny right now because they've only got one loss in the Big 12. Yeah, but they have to, like, if it comes down to then and Baylor, Baylor's going to get over them because of the head to head. Correct. That's why I'm saying, like, they don't control their own destiny. So, yeah. They have to hope that Baylor loses. Yeah, I I came in banging on Thursday, and I'll admit it, I was high on OSU, but I still think we're the better team. We still have the better odds to win the Big Twelve, and so I, hold on, I'm I'm using the lie detector right now, and I, I think that's a lie. I'm looking on. I'm gonna look on Fanduel real quick because I I. Pretty sure I checked this. No, I, I when, when I when odds. I say better odds to win the Big Twelve, I mean if we went out and they went out, 
Oklahoma State will go to the Big 12 title game, and they may or may not. If they win out, that means they beat OU, and that means we beat OU, and they're both at one loss. All right, then, yeah, means- then we're both in, in the Big 12 title game against each other again. Because they well, did they they lost to Baylor though, right? I wish they did lose to Baylor. So it would be actually be Baylor in the Big Twelve title game. If Baylor wins out, they if still they, play yes. OU. Right. But I'm saying Oklahoma State wins out, they're in the Big Twelve title game. Iowa State wins out, maybe. And you know what? Well, I don't have a ton of faith in OSU <laughs> winning out, but that home train that hope train's gonna get started rolling again. We're not going to cover the spread against Kansas, which is like 30, which I don't know why any sports book would ever lie, lay that line ever. That just seems like here, take money. But I mean, there's a chance that we go into Bedlam with one loss. There's a really good chance. Don't do this. <laughs> don't do this. You're only going to hurt yourself. Hey, man, I've been doing this for 20 years almost. I I can hurt myself plenty. You just need to. I feel like as as an OS as an OSU fan, prepare for pain, dude. It's going to come. You you don't you don't understand. Pain. <laughs> what, I feel what, like what? I do. <laughs> They're gonna. I, we're at the point where we were like, okay, we're high. We're top ten. Okay, we just lost to Iowa State. Okay, gonna move back up. Okay, we just lost to a random team. And then Bedlam nine and three Alamo Bowl. I don't, I don't, I don't see losing Kansas, even though they played OU oh, tight. I, I mean, that. that was a hell of a game. Like, that was a crazy game. Semi legal, but I don't, I don't know how that league. last play that I don't, I don't know how they didn't call forward progress on that play, but Kansas should be a win. Um, we've still got Tech. That will be interesting. We still got West Virginia. And if we're going to lose a game to o- before OU, I think it's going to be West Virginia on the road. Either them or, well, TC. One of those three, either between Tech, TCU, or West Virginia. It, it's going to be one of those. One of those, though, will be unusually close. I just I don't know. I we'll see. I I really have no good feeling about this at all. And I think Cowboy uh Mr. Robert uh Robert has influenced me in a bad way cuz all I, all I'm thinking is they'll win against Kansas, yeah. And then one of those three they'll fall. Just don't know which one. I man and and this is not like like I said the, the hope train Hit the skids. I don't see us losing to Tech. Tech is not very good. TCU. They can score, though. Yeah, but. They always seem uh, to play better. Our defense had an off day and still held one of the best running backs in the country to 70 yards on the ground and, like, 40 yards passing. And they were off. They, They did not look good like they have looked in the past six weeks. But you know Texas Tech doesn't run the ball, so he might they might have a Brock Purdy moment where he goes 307 yards. Again, wide right twice. Wide right twice. I mean, that happened twice. That this Brock Purdy 
did not beat us. He had a good game. I'm not trying to take any way, anything away from him. He completed 75% of his passes, but it's not like he threw for 400 yards, four touchdowns, and just crushed us. If not for wide right twice, we win that ball game. So, and it's and you know, if Iowa State had won 30 to 14 or 30 to 21, walking away, you know, in control for the entire game, I would have a different feeling. But Iowa State still, I don't believe, is that good of a team. They are good, but they're not. They're if we had a somewhat coherent offense. We win that game walking away, but our offense, and I don't know how to describe it. It perplexes me to no end. I, I, I don't know how Gundy has allowed this to happen, but our offense is broken and I am unsure how to handle that because our offense is never broken and our defense is a great, and I, I would figure that it, I, I always thought that, you know, we would have this great offense and then the defense, if they ever got really good, would be great together. But the defense is really good and they're still really good. The only, I mean, they did not give up a ton of yardage. You know, they, it, and I always thought that when they, that happened, it would be two great powers coming together. And that's just not the case. Embrace the new era, man. This is the Jim Knowles era, and this is where defense is going to be the cog. And it'll be the offense that we're worried about. This is unless they get some sort of transfer, you know, maybe um, not, probably not Tanner Mordecai, but like somebody like that. It is going to be about the defense. Yeah, for, and it, that's insane well, to me. And But the thing is, like, I don't know how – I don't know how we got this bad. Like that, that's the thing. Is I don't know how we got this bad. It's not, okay, it's not bad. It is average. It's, no, it's not average. It's bad. 225 yards is not what Oklahoma State quarterbacks should be doing. That's what the scout team does. I mean, if, if I'm reading these stats right, we held them to under 400 yards of total offense. And I want to remind you just real quick. You said that OSU will hold, hold them to under 200. I know. And you I thought, doubled that. Yeah, I know. I, I know what I said. And I hope, and I still think eight times out of a hundred, that's a true statement. So you said that's not the standard for OSU quarterbacks. Jim Traber was an OSU quarterback. Like OSU's offense has been in general. It's been about their running backs. Thurman, Barry, Justice Hill. Like you, the Oklahoma State's two best players of all time have been running backs. Well, I mean, yes. But I mean, in the Gundy era, it's been about airing it out, scoring 40 points a game. It, but, he, but even then, he was really balanced with the running backs. And Justice Hill was really good. Chuba, obviously. I just, there's something missing. Yeah, I don't know if it's the play calling. I mean, it almost has to be the play calling. There's something missing out of what has become and what I've known for the majority of my life as Oklahoma State DNA when it comes to football. There's something missing. I don't know if it's done. 
I don't know if it's Gundy. I don't know if it's Spencer not being able to deliver the ball. I don't know. But there's something missing. Maybe Gundy's trying to turn a new leaf. Maybe he's trying to do something different with the offense or something. I don't know. There probably is something missing or perhaps expectations are too high. Perhaps maybe like OU. OSU has been spoiled with quarterback riches of sorts. No, 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 no. I just I read you off earlier a dude by the name of Taylor Cornelius. Yeah, the oil bear. Complain about him. Yeah, people complain. And he was still. He still threw for almost four. He still threw for almost four thousand yards. And what about you know uh, Choo Choo? He went. He was a really good quarterback. Clint Shelf, I love Clint Shelf, but nobody was clamoring for Clint Shelf to go ahead and like go to the Big Twelve. The expectations are just higher, and you you're asking you're asking Spencer Sanders to be flaming yawn when he's a you know he's a, he's a Johnny's charcoal burger. No, I feel well, like that's no. what you're asking. All right, let's look it up. Uh, well, you know what. In terms of yardage and percentages, Clint Shelf and uh, Spencer Sanders are pretty close. Uh, 2013 senior year, uh, 56.4% completion percentage, 2,169 yards. That's about what Spencer Sanders has been averaging. Okay. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So I'm he saying is, you're, you're asking Spencer Sanders to be flame and yawn when he's not. No, I'm asking him to be better than Clint Shelf. Even though I love him, I I I I loved him as a quarterback. I thought he did really well. But we're, I'm asking him to be better than Clint Shelf. That's all I'm asking. He may do that. He may not. But right now, well, I so think f- after two and a half years, he hasn't been. But was like, like we know, we know what Spencer Sanders can do, and that's all we, that's all that is. He, I, I feel like you're asking a, like him to be better than he is, but in reality, he's not. If that makes sense. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying that even with Clint Shelf, we put up close to forty points a game, and the deep and. That was partially because the defense was not good as it is now. OSU will score when they need to. Now, with Oklahoma State's defense nine, ten years ago, they had to score to stay in ball games. And that, what, Clint Shelfie or whatever, 2012, 2013, I mean, lost by 59, lost 59 to 38, lost 41 to 36. Right, but he's not putting up even even JW wasn't putting up numbers like Spencer is, and we're not scoring. That's the issue. We should be even with Spencer's numbers, we should be putting up forty points a game. I I don't know. There probably is something missing, but I just I don't know. I, I feel like I. Like my expectations with Sanders are just like don't turn the ball over. That's just what I want. I I just don't know. That that's where I'm at with Spencer Sanders. Like 
I feel like it's like the meme where he's poking somebody with a stick, but it's like, come on, do something. And I don't think he does. I I really thought, especially with all the talk out of Gundy this year, that he was going to turn this big corner and earn that number three he wears. He just hasn't. And I don't think well. And that makes me sad because he has all the potential in the entire world and he's just not getting there for whatever reason. It feels like it's between his ears, like there's some mental block. Or maybe maybe it is a play caller. Maybe it's Dunn who's not a good play caller. I don't know. It's some I, I don't know what it is, but it's something. Also, I mean, look, we complain about Mike Yurchich, right? We were complaining about that earlier. His Penn State offense was in a nine overtime game with Illinois and lost. Yeah. So with Yurchich, I don't know if even he if he is there, that puts OSU in a much better spot. No, I mean I never like I never liked him, but I'm just saying like it's we we're generally we can generally score 40 points a game. And even J.W. Walsh didn't have as nearly as many yards as Sanders does, and we're still missing. So there's just something missing. I don't know if it's the O.C. I don't know if it's that coach. I mean, that coach has been there, but so it's got almost almost got to be the O.C. Maybe there's potentially turn a corner against Kansas, but I, I don't think it's that likely. I am I'm prepared nine and three Alamo Bowl. That is what I'm prepared for. And at the end of the day, maybe I'm okay with that. Not a 10 and two would be great. I just don't, I do not know. I think 10 and two is a really good spot for this team to end up. Right? I oddly feel weird a good, I oddly feel really good about Bedlam, which I, as a lifetime Oklahoma State fan makes me cringe, but I do kind of like Caleb Williams is a beast. He's going to be very good for a long time. Uh, luckily, he'll probably get drafted after next year, so he'll be out of our hair, but he makes some really bad decisions and he hasn't he hasn't really played in a I mean he came in in relief against Texas, but he hasn't gone he's I mean it, it's almost assured to be a night game. I can almost guarantee he'll be a night game. He hasn't gone in a night game in a place like Stillwater ever. And you put an 18-year-old in that environment, I don't care how talented you are, that's gonna spook you a little bit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, well, you feel like you, it's not going to matter. Well, like, you probably win, yes. But I think given what I've seen from him, and I've almost watched all of his snaps, oddly enough, I have 
he's he can get rattled. Yeah, he he got it going against Kansas, but OU had what a hundred yards in against can against Kansas, and so I I don't I just don't see it happening. I mean, I I see them winning. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I think that our defense, Boone Pickens, especially with the lights on, he he's not played against anybody like that yet, and. I think it'll be a lot closer than the spread dictates because I'm guessing even if both teams went out, there'll probably be a 14 point spread. And I think it's going to be much closer to like a five point game. Well, I mean, here's the thing. He's a true freshman. So I think he's going, he's going to get better over time. And you know what they have, they have, you know what they have before OSU, they have Baylor on the road. So, and that's after a bye. Still, if that's, that doesn't prepare him, that's not boom pickings at oh, night. <laughs> it's it's gonna be Baylor at night, and they're a solid team. They're gonna be loud. I yeah, don't, I mean for sure. I, I for, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a test. Well, and and I don't. I think OU is really good. I don't know if they make the Bedlam undefeated. Oh, I think they'll either fall to Baylor or, or Iowa State for sure. It's only a matter of time, just because they have not been playing that well. It'd be kind of funny if they lost a tech. I think it's unlikely though. Now they're, I mean, Baylor, like their loss to us almost seems like an anomaly at this point. Like the fact that we held them to 14 points and they're either ranked one above us or below us or whatever. Like it seems like an anomaly, you know? I mean, look, one can argue that Iowa State's loss to Baylor was a fluke. One could argue, I mean, it's just college football is weird. That's why we love it. Well, so Iowa State's to Baylor is much more fluky than Baylor's loss to Oklahoma State. I mean, we dominated that game on defense. That is that is true. Um, yeah, we're going to preview Kansas. I mean, look, it's the 100th anniversary of homecoming. All I want is good vibes for this game. I I, I want to see... I want to see a blowout. I want to be – I don't want this game to go into the fourth quarter and I'm getting gray hairs and having a heart attack literally because we can't – because they can't beat Kansas. Like, they could, they could barely beat Missouri State. I'm kind of sick of it. I'm sick of close games. Just, just – I don't know. Just get – just win it by, like, two possessions or more and don't make it a fourth quarter. Gunny said this was going to be a fourth quarter bowl game. I'm going to be upset if it's a fourth quarter bowl game. Even though I know I don't even think he believes that, but he's got to say it. He's not going to give them Gunny's not going to give them bulletin board material. That's true, but it's just still like I know he's saying that, but what if he's just not saying that? What if he's actually like, "Oh yeah, this game is going to be a fourth quarter." But the thing is Gundy's going to I mean Gundy's not shy about his things uh with the press so i don't think he would he would say that thinking it would be that way so i mean sort of a sad note to kind of wrap this up with but yesterday was the fifth anniversary of the homecoming crash which uh is crazy. And so in my lifetime as an Oklahoma State fan, I've lived through two plane crashes and the homecoming tragedy, which sucks. However, a bright spot is 
um, earlier this year, one of the people hurt in that crash is either earlier this year or late last. No, it's gotta be earlier this year. One of the people hurt in that crash was actually my father's last PhD student. And she was hurt badly, but she made it through and graduated with her PhD uh, earlier this year. And uh, my dad was there in attendance. uh, And uh, so shout out to her for fighting through like she like had broken bones and all sorts of bad stuff from getting hit by a car. And, but yeah, so congratulations to her. And it's a weird thing to be a part of a university that seems to always have bad things happening, but I like to see that our cowboys and cowgirls still rally and finish. And so congratulations to her on her PhD. Yeah, a PhD is hard. I'm I mean, I'm going through college. I know how hard that is. And then, dude, I was like, I remember. I don't know if we got home and we heard about it on like Facebook and everything, but that was just a scary situation. I wasn't in Stillwater at the time, but I remember that um, being just unreal. Well, what's crazy is uh, I've got a friend. Um, she's actually a groomsman in my wedding. Uh, we've been pretty close for a long time, and like where her parents have tailgated for like 20 years is not too far from where that all happens. It was like texting, like, are you okay? What's going on? You know? And it was, it was weird for me and my, my ex, cause we were two Oklahoma state fans in the middle of Pittsburgh and no one cared. And all of a sudden on every screen was like tragedy in Stillwater. And that was, it was, it was really rough, but yeah. To all those who survived amazing, um, I hate to say we're stronger for it, but we're stronger fans for it because we understand what it means to be cowboys and cowgirls and how important that kind of stuff is to us. We've lived through a lot. You've been around this program. You've had people that you've know maybe die. And you've had all these other things happen. And, you know, it brings us closer together. And I love the Oklahoma State family. And I, I can feel it. I can feel it when I meet somebody random on the street who's been around the program for a while, who's been around the university, graduated, whatever. There's this softness compared to a lot of other fandoms I've been around. It's just, we've gone through a lot. And yeah, things have been hard, but we love each other nonetheless. And so for everyone who's listening, who's gone through tragedy, and for everyone around the Oklahoma State teams that have been broken, I love you. And I thank you for giving me such a wonderful thing to, to root for. Um, yeah, I, there's, there's not a lot I, I can say. Um, that I, that's what I remember about that crash. It's just it's something that is unreal. Being, you know, I wasn't an OSU fan for a long time. Then when I got to college, I was like, I got, I got to root for this team now. And just kind of learning about this stuff from kind of a different perspective and just how much all of these things, all of these tragedies, this, um, the 2011 plane crash that we talked about in detail, remembering the 10, which is such a big thing here. 
and just the the bond here that's that's really strong amongst the uh fans it's it's what makes osu different than other universities sure so with that sort of darker note but still we will sign off cowboys and cowgirls uh who i maybe i've never met um maybe one day i'll get to meet some of y'all but i love you and i thank you for making America's brightest orange the best fan base to root for. I love you and I thank you. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all and we'll see you Thursday.